Well, I bring you greetings from our district leadership team and uh, from the um, from our district superintendent, Brent Trask, uh, who asked me to bring you greetings, and I also bring you greetings on behalf of the over 50, 55,000 people who um, this weekend will worship in an Alliance Church in this district and uh, say congratulations to you and um, congratulations on this, this event that we get to celebrate today. I know that uh, for some of you it feels like this point of coming to say, okay, you know, we have a senior pastor. Scott really is the guy. He's been here all along. When are you going to finally just admit that? Um, so it seems like it's been a long time in coming for, for many of you, and, but it has finally come. Um, let me begin, though, by, by just saying I need to begin my, my talking to you today by complimenting your elders board. Um, one of the first and biggest temptations there is when a pastoral transition comes along is to feel the pr- pressure to quickly find a replacement. If there's any feeling that your elders board um, had from you, and that's just very normal, is like, what's going on? And what's the next step? And when are you going to make this decision? And um, why aren't we moving ahead with this? But your board took their time. They searched carefully for the right person. They did due diligence as to the right fit for this church for this point in this congregation's life. Um, they interviewed um, some quality candidates, people who, who would have loved to have, have uh, provided leadership here. But not to anybody's surprise, um, they discovered that the right person, after interviewing many other excellent leaders and being open to the prompting and leading of the Holy Spirit, that the right person was right here all along. And that was Scott Buck. And um, we as a district leadership team fully agree and celebrate with your board's conclusion. I know at times you must have wondered if they were doing anything at all because they had to, by definition, work in the dark. In fact, Scott once in a while wondered, are they doing anything at all? What's going on here? And why are we not seeing more action? But in reality, they were working hard and doing a great job of serving you well. You need to know that. So I wanted you to know that, just as I began this morning, that, that uh, your board has done a superb job over this last year of looking for and praying for and thinking about what kind of leadership is going to take us forward into the future. When a person is called to a new chapter of pastoral ministry, it can be a bit of a scary thing. But for the one who is called, there's no greater joy than to serve God in this way. So I'm going to spend a few minutes this morning talking primarily to Scott. So if you don't mind just sort of listening for a minute, if you, if you need to check your email now or something, go ahead. Um, but let me talk to Scott for just a few minutes because uh, uh, there's some things I wanted to say to him, but in front of you. So Pastor Scott, the calling you have received to this, as a pastor to this congregation and to this city is not that of a lone shepherd leading a flock. You're part of a team. You're part of a marvelous group of people who are dedicated and passionate about Jesus Christ. Look around you. The church and its staff leaders are your team. Every person here who loves Jesus Christ with all their heart is a core team member. Each person who is a a Christ follower is your partner in the gospel, your fellow co-laborer with Jesus. Peter in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 reminds us, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not, had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Pastor Scott, this royal priesthood that surrounds you exists to declare the praises of God who has called each and every one of us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. This priesthood shares the calling with you to the mission of Jesus Christ to love the world, to seek and to save the lost, and to enfold humanity into the love of Christ, of God in Christ. And among this royal priesthood, this body of believers, are the gifts that God intends to use to build the body of Christ in this place and to reach out to the world. Now, it might be tempting for a congregation to think at this point, oh, wow, we actually have a senior pastor again. We can step back in our service to God. And it might be tempting, actually, for you to say, now that I've got this title, I need to even take on more and maybe even too much. In thinking about just that situation, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 8 says, Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, sometimes people are kind of surprised by this. Sometimes we can think that the role of the pastor, the pastoral staff, is, well, to do the work of the church. Isn't that their job? After all, they're getting paid to do the work, and they're the trained ones. Now, the fact is that there can be churches that function that way, but it's far off the biblical mark. It's simply not what God wants from a church. He calls specific people to be leaders, yes, but He calls all of us to be a part of the body, He calls all of us to use our gifts. He calls all of us to serve the wider body of Christ, not just in this place, but anywhere that God calls and wants the church to touch. Paul goes on further in this this theme in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11. This is what he says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them, in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the, Holy, of the Spirit is given to, for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. To still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. So all the gifts, it's telling us here, that God knows are needed for the healthy functioning of the church are present, and it doesn't say present in the staff of this church, but they're present in this local church, in you and together in partnership with the staff. And everyone who is part of this church has the joy and privilege and responsibility to use those gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, a key scripture today is one that applies to each and every follower of Jesus Christ. But Pastor Scott, this is relevant especially for you. It's found in Ephesians 4, 
The last part of verse 1 and then verses 2 and 3, this is what it says. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This passage of Scripture has a great deal to say about the kind of character a church leader needs. And it's tempting to elaborate on these characteristics of living a worthy life, being humble, gentle, patient, loving, peaceful. But I suspect you already understand most of them. And if you hadn't, they probably wouldn't be asking you to be their senior pastor. In fact, the leadership of this congregation saw those characteristics in you. What I'd like us to think about instead is how you might go about maintaining these character traits. There are three ways that I've, I've experienced that make it possible to live in obedience to this passage. The first is pray. Pastor Scott, the quality of your ministry among the saints here at Spruce Grove Alliance depends in large part directly on the caliber of your relationship to God. The author Phillips Brooks said, pray the largest prayers. You cannot think a prayer so large that God, in answering it, will not wish you'd made it larger. Pray not for crutches, but for wings. It's great to see the results of prayer. And Pastor Scott, you will spend a lot of time praying for and with the members of this congregation and this community. But as you know, the most transformative, transformative impact of prayer is in how it increases and enhances our intimacy with God our Father and our ability to hear when He speaks. You know, this dates me a bit, but before refrigerators, I remember when people used to use ice houses to preserve their food. Ice houses, if you remember, if you lived in those days, had thick walls, no windows, and a tightly fitted door. And in winter, when the streams and lakes were frozen, large blocks of ice were cut out, hauled to the ice house, and covered with sawdust. And usually the ice would last well past the summer, and I have fond memories of going to my grandparents' place in the heat of the summer and going to the ice house and chipping off little bits of ice to make hand-churned ice cream. And that was just kind of a, a special event, that ice house. The story is told of a man who lost a valuable watch while working in an ice, ice house. He searched diligently for it, carefully raking through the sawdust, but simply couldn't find it. His fellow workers also looked, but their efforts too proved futile. A small boy who heard about the fruitless search slipped into the ice house during the noon hour and soon emerged with the watch. Amazed, the men asked, How did you find it? How did you do it? Well, the boy replied, I closed the door, lay down in the sawdust, and kept very still. Soon, I heard the watch ticking. Often the question is not whether God is speaking, but whether we are being still enough and quiet enough to hear. We often think of prayer as us telling God what we want Him to do, but true prayer is us communing and communicating with God, us speaking to Him, but at the same time Him speaking to us. But sometimes that only comes out of the silence. Sometimes that only comes out of the quietness that we set aside for ourselves to pray. Never feel guilty about taking time to be alone with God. People will pressure you to, to fill your time with a lot of things, but never feel guilty about spending time, quiet time alone with God. That will enable you to lead this congregation closer to God because you will know where to point it. So pray. Pray at all times. Pray without ceasing. Dig deeper into His presence. 
This will go a long way to living worthy of the calling you have received. The next thing that makes it possible to live life worthy of the calling you received is the Scriptures call you to love. Now, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what a pastor is. A pastor is simply to be defined as one who loves people, who cares for their souls, and whose key concern is, their, is the welfare of the congregation that he's called to serve. Now, the reality is that one person's capacity to love, the energy you have to love, is limited. Human love is, by definition, finite. But divine love is a different thing entirely. God has the capacity to love the entire world. After all, we are reminded that God so loved the world that He gave. God has tireless affection for everyone on this planet. God's love, in fact, is a key aspect of His nature. In fact, the Bible says that God is love. So the kind of love I'm talking about here is a love that comes not from your own energy or your own ability, but a love that is simply an extension of God's unlimited love. There are most likely going to be times when the challenges of leadership are so great that only a personal passion to love and honor God and a personal passion to love and journey with the people in your care will be able to keep you going. The final thing we'll discuss today is that it's critical to a life worthy of your calling is is a willingness to step out of your comfort zone and to risk. Hudson Taylor said, unless there's an element of risk in our exploits for God, there's no need for faith. This is true because the mission of Jesus Christ is not an easy one. It always involves new challenges, involves new people. For as much as we're committed to being a great church for those who attend, our bigger purpose is to reach out to the community around us that doesn't know Jesus. One of the things that impresses me about you, Scott, is that you have a passion for lost souls. And you and I, early on in this process, I ask you the question, and I ask your elders the question, can you lead this congregation and still keep that passion for lost people? And the answer is yes. Don't get me wrong, the congregation is critical to carrying out the carrying out of God's call to the church, but the church to the world, but the church is where healing begins. The church, in some ways, ought to be thought of a little like a hospital. Not a place where we all go just to nurse our wounds and hang out forever, but a place where people come to get healed so they can go out and live the lives God intended for us to live. In church, we are healed so that we can then be about the mission and purpose of the church, which is the mission and purpose of Jesus, to seek and save the lost. Now, most, up to this point, most of my comments have been addressed primarily to Pastor Scott but I want to talk to you as a congregation for a bit. So what should the attitude of the congregation be towards Pastor Scott? I want to suggest that your attitude towards your pastors and towards Scott in particular now as we consider this new role among us has four simple steps. The first step is support him. Pastor Scott needs your prayers. The same way Moses needed to have his arms lifted, to, lifted up to fulfill his calling, Pastor Scott will need your personal support. One way you follow him is to allow him time in the Word. There's a direct correlation between time spent in God's Word and effectiveness in ministry. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the Word of truth. I think that the most important aspect of a pastor is the time he spends in the Word. One of the questions that I ask pastors across the district as I meet with them is, 
So how much time do you spend studying each week? How much time do you spend in the Word? And sometimes it frightens me how little that pastors have. And the excuse is always good. You know what? I feel so many pressures and I have these appointments and people want to see me and I have meetings to attend and, and the list goes on and on. But the reality is that when you spend time in the Word, when you allow Him to spend time in the Word, He will serve you better and the very best. It isn't time spending making sure that the work of ministry gets done that's important. It isn't time making sure the bulletin gets done on time that's important. It isn't making sure the church gets cleaned or the lawn gets mowed. You know what? When the disciples in the early church were confronted with the need to care for the widows and the orphans, that was an important thing to get done. But they didn't try and run out and fix the problem. Instead, they said, you know, we recognize the problem and we recognize the need. But the most important work that we can do to serve the church is, is in the area of prayer and ministry of the Word. And then they looked for, looked for and found gifted people to oversee the day-to-day task of taking care of those needy people. The problem today is that we often share a need with a pastor and expect them to simply drop everything and take care of it. And we're offended when instead of them running out and fixing the need, they instead ask, so who do you think that God might have gifted to take care of this? Let's ask them to do it. I plead with you, let your pastors be effective in the more important tasks that God has called them to do. Second thing I believe that you're called to do in relationship to, your, to Pastor Scott is to affirm him. We all, need to encourage, we all need encouragement from time to time. Too often, many in leadership get nothing but the hard words and the criticisms of the people they serve. While there's room for constructive criticism and helpful suggestions in all of our lives, there's also a greater room and need for affirmation. When one gives any kind of positive feedback, a leader can start to wonder if we're Sorry, when no one gives any kind of positive feedback, a leader can start to wonder if we're really being effective in the church. So say nice things to Pastor Scott. Don't just think them. I know you think them. But say them. A few words of affirmation can make his day, and you know what? It costs you nothing. You need to let him know that his ministry is having an impact. The temptation, I think we all have, is to think that if we give too much affirmation, then a pastor's eagle will get too large. That's not usually a problem, believe me. I remember a Sunday when I preached a sermon on what I thought was going to be a very difficult subject. And I carefully crafted that sermon and I worked hard on it. And there were hundreds of people there that day that, that heard that sermon. And I was sure that not everyone there would be happy with what I had to say. After the service, I was kind of surprised that many, many people stopped by to say kind words. And then someone come by, took my arm, whispered in my ear, that's all right, Pastor, we all have bad days. (laughs) Now, there's a good chance that he was the one having the bad day. I'd like to think that. The key is that, you know what? I don't remember one of those kind words that were spoken to me that day. But still, 13 or 14 years later, I still remember those nine critical words 
very well. So don't fear offering words of affirmation. And by the way, if you do have to give suggestions or criticism, there are those times when that's important, do me and Scott a favor, wait until Tuesday to talk to him about it. Don't do it right after the service. For sure don't do it between services. And probably don't even do it on Monday when he's feeling exhausted from a busy and stressful Sunday. And by the way, that's true for any staff. Just thought I'd mention that. It'll make his life a lot easier. And by the way, when you talk to him about it on Tuesday, you'll get a much better reception, promise you. So feedback is important. It helps him to know if he's getting his message across, and it lets him know that God is at work in you. The, first, the third thing I think you need to do in relationship to Pastor Scott is you simply need to follow him. Pastor Scott has been appointed a senior pastor because we have discerned that God has called him for such a time as this. Someone has said that a leader who no one follows is really just someone out taking a walk. God and you as a congregation through your elders' leadership have called Pastor Scott to lead this church. You've been, you have, by your call, obligated yourself to submit to his leadership. Now, this does not by any means mean blind loyalty to a man or to an office. It's rather a case where, as Paul tells the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So follow him because he's committed to following the example of Christ and to live in such a way that his life brings honor and glory to God. So follow him. You will benefit greatly in doing so. And one last suggestion for you. The fourth suggestion I have that will allow Pastor Scott's ministry here to thrive and be at his best is to engage him. Pastor Scott is called to serve God alongside of you, to equip you for ministry, to care for your soul, to journey with you, and to encourage you as you seek to serve God. To engage someone is to invite them into your life and into your life journey. It is to allow him to see into your heart and to see, seek to see into his heart. This will confirm his ministry to you. This will help him see where it might be that God is leading you in order to help you be the best that God wants you to be and wants him to be. And it will keep him sharp. It will keep him digging into God's word for truth and for answers you need and deserve for life, for living the life of a believer. So one last word. Scott, I want you to hold dear to these words of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 41, starting at verse 10. Here's what God says. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And all who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be nothing and perish. This is a new day, a good day, and the beginning of an exciting time for this church and for the Buck family. And Pastor Scott, I'm here today to welcome you to the, officially to the position of Senior Pastor of Spruce Grove Alliance Church. Would you join me here on the platform for a moment? And he's wearing a suit. And you like this? Wow. It's like... <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, 
So, Brother Scott, we're here today to celebrate the call and recognition you have received as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ to provide pastoral leadership and direction to this congregation as their lead pastor. You serve a most important role in the life of this congregation. And the way you serve and lead this church will have long-term and even eternal kingdom impact. While many scriptures give us information about the responsibilities of leadership in God's church, I want to quickly look at the direction given by the Apostle Paul in Titus. Paul to Titus in Titus chapter 1. It says, there are directions regarding one who is called to be an overseer of the body of Christ, which is the role that this church has asked you to take on, overseer of this body of Christ. This is what it says. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So based on the instructions of this passage, will you, Pastor Scott, hereby promise to serve the needs of this congregation and the body of Christ as over your own, and not to your own personal benefit, but to the glory of God? Will you be hospitable, welcoming into this fellowship all those who seek to know Christ Jesus and to grow in a relationship to Him? Will you love the good in God's people and God's church? Will you seek to be ever self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined in both your personal life and in your leadership practices? Will you hold firmly to the trustworthy message of the gospel so that you can both encourage, train, and correct those who entrust themselves to your godly messages and leadership? Amen. I would ask the board of elders, the people you've elected to, come, to provide leadership church, would you please come and join me here on the platform? You as a elders board are entrusted by this congregation to provide overall spiritual direction to this congregation. As a part of that task, you, in partnership with the Western Canadian District, have chosen a pastor to lead you in this time and in the direction you feel God has called you to go as a church. Do you, before God, this congregation and this pastor you have chosen, Promise your prayerful support and encouragement to this man as your leader, as long as God has him in this place. Amen. That's the right answer, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I want to talk to you as a congregation for a minute. Today, you formally install this man to a position of influence and leadership over you. This is the man you will listen to as he teaches God's Word to you. This is the man who you will come to for advice and guidance on an amazing number of issues and topics. This is the man who will dedicate your children, baptize your new believers, perform your family's weddings and funerals. This is the man you will trust to lead you into the truth of right relationship with God. So do you today pledge to uphold him in your prayers, to love him as a messenger of God, and to follow him as a leader of your church? Again, right answer. I would ask the rest of the staff, would you join me here? Lynn, would you join us, please? 
So we're going to gather around and we're going to pray for Scott. And uh, I'd invite you to uh, join in to be a part of this prayer as we install him officially as senior pastor of this church. Let us pray together. <clears throat> Our Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the call you've placed on Scott and his family. Mm-hmm. I thank you for the, the wisdom of the elders board that have led to his call here as to be the senior pastor. I thank you for a staff that surrounds him and supports him and loves him and is, is willing to work as a team to see your work and your future done here in this place. And I thank you for this congregation who has just promised to uphold Scott in their prayers and to follow him, to allow him time to be in your word and then to allow him to be the kind of leader this congregation needs to do more than just exist but to reach this community in the world. So Lord, bless him. Watch over him. Give him strength. Give him wisdom. May your Holy Spirit in a powerful way come upon him and in, in, in so clearly that it is obvious that he is walking hand in hand with you as he leads this congregation. Protect him. There are those, Lord, who would love to see a pastor brought down and hurt. And so protect him. Protect his family. And may he sense not just your love, but the love of this congregation, this board, this staff day by day and moment by moment as he follows your steps to lead this church. And we now, Lord, dedicate him to the call and to the place of senior pastor of this church. We ask this in the precious and holy name of Jesus who gives us the right to call you Father. Amen. 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 Hey, bless you, my brother.